Welcome to Idaho Speakeasy. We're on a mission to uncover and share the stories of Idaho's finest entrepreneurs, community leaders, local icons, and those who are impacting our community. I'm Mike Turner, and today in the Speakeasy, we have Karen Bubb. Karen works in the Arts and History Department of the City of Boise as a cultural planner. We're going to dig into what that title is and what else she's up to um, and working on in our community. Thank you so much for being here, Karen. Thank you, Mike. Pleasure to be here. So, okay. Um, yes. So, you, I know you work for the city of Boise, and you got this kind of cultural planner thing that I don't quite understand, but hopefully you're going to help us understand what that means. Um, but I know you also are involved in a handful of other things, including uh, being the co-founder of the Sorrell's Place and a trustee for Alexa Rose Foundation. So, so much to talk to you about. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so let's first, uh, for the people who are listening, just, let's do a little backstory. So Karen, are you uh, are you from are you from this area? I am. I'm from Boise. Okay. I was born and raised here in Boise, and okay. I uh, went to St. Mary's Bishop Kelly, and then I left when I was 17, swearing that I would never return to Boise. I said the same thing when I was 17, leaving my hometown. Yes. Yeah. At that time, it didn't. I was a young artist. I went to art school in New York City. Oh, cool. And Boise didn't seem like it really had a lot to offer me at that time. Yeah. For for people who were from here in 1984, the downtown core was flattened. There was very little um, art except for the Boise Art Museum. Uh, which I frequented at that time and still do. Um, so I, I left really looking for um, for finding my, my place in the world in art. Uh, did you have a, a, a favorite type of art that you were focusing on that time? or I was just interested in, in the role of art in culture. Interesting. Okay, yeah. So I went to art school, my undergraduates in fine art. I actually got a degree from University of Oregon mm-hmm. and then lived and worked in New York City for about eight years. Okay. And what I was seeking was what, is, what does art do for us? What is the purpose of art in our lives? So I worked in galleries, museums, mm. uh, nonprofit art spaces, um, and eventually, though, I, my, my path led me back to Boise. I missed Boise. I realized I actually liked my parents. <laughs> I, I loved the smell of sagebrush. So I moved back in 97. Not, okay. I didn't know what I was going to do here, um, but I wanted to be in Boise. And I'm so glad that I moved back. I, um, I started working for the, the city of Boise in a temp job initially running First Night Boise. Hmm. And then the city created a new position for public art to manage a public art program. At that time, we had about five pieces. And it was a, a shared position between the city of Boise and Capital City Development Corporation. Okay. CCDC, as they're known, was interested in using art for economic development to revitalize the downtown core. Hmm. And the city of Boise, um, under the auspices of the Boise City Arts Commission, um, was willing to to uh, help support that endeavor. So I started in that position in 1998. I just had my 20-year anniversary with the city. Wow. So I, I came back at a good time, where at a time where the city leaders were interested in reinvesting in, the, in our downtown core and using art as a part of that strategy. Mm. That is interesting. And so this role you have as cultural planner, what does that involve? Well, this position came about, I, I managed the, I grew and managed the public art program for 19 years. Okay. And then what, what we realized are, um, actually I should back up a little bit. Um, in 2009, our, uh, 2008, our city became, uh, our department became a department. Before that, we were an arts commission in the mayor's office. Okay. And in 2008, uh, mayor and council created the department of arts and history. This is a fairly unusual, um, 
organization, uh, we combined our interest in, in the arts and granting to organizations uh, public art with uh, history and looking at this, a sense of place. How does history um, important to us? And we just had our 10-year anniversary uh, party last night, actually. Oh. So our director, Terry Shoresman, she recognized that we, we really needed a plan for how we were going to develop culture. We needed to inventory what currently exists in Boise. How many theaters do we have? How many nonprofits? What are our needs? Um, is that culture geographically dispersed? How are we supporting um, different communities, different ethnic communities, the refugee community, the Basque community, the Latin American community? So we um, uh, did a cultural plan. So it was a, a two-year project where we uh, wrote a cultural plan. And, and that cultural plan essentially is the story of our past. Um, it's available online at Boise City, um, BoiseArtsAndHistory.org if you wanted to download the plan and read it in its entirety. Okay. Um, or there's an executive summary. So that plan basically identified five primary goals for us as a department and us as a city. Um, one is to develop cultural policy. An example of cultural policy is um, we have a percent for our ordinance in the city of Boise that was passed in 2001. So any city capital project that is uh, built has 1% put aside for art. And that is one of the reasons we have so much public art in Boise, be mm. because we have a policy that yeah. dedicates funding to that. Wow. So developing policy. The second um, initiative is to um, make sure that we uh, invest in our neighborhoods. When, when I started at the agency 20 years ago, our primary focus was the downtown because we knew that we needed to have a, a thriving downtown first. Um, but we have that. I think you'd agree. Yeah, right. I think most people agree, you know, mm -hmm. that our downtown is something special. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. It is. And that is um, not by accident. It's by an incredible amount of work from a lot of different people. And the arts are a part of that. So now we're focusing on neighborhoods. How do mm. we um, make sure that we acknowledge the history in the neighborhoods and maybe do urban trails, walking paths, um, build cultural facilities in neighborhoods? So that's mm -hmm. an initiative of the plan. The mm -hmm. third is to um, manage and care for for our cultural assets. So a cultural asset could be a public art project, it could be a new building, um, and or it could be um, artifacts. For instance, the Burns Studio was a photography studio that operated in Boise for 100 years. And they took uh, your yearbook photograph, wedding mm. photographs. Uh, they have an incredible archive of historical photographs. Mm. They, they closed, and they didn't have anywhere to um, nobody would purchase, they couldn't afford to purchase this collection. They've gifted it to the city of Boise. So right now, our history department is digitizing the entire collection. They also gave us all their historical cameras. Wow. So we're archiving all of those. Um, and our, um, we're in the process, you might have heard about the new library and center for arts and history that we're yes. working on with Moshi Safti. Mm -hmm. um, there'll be an archive in that building that will house these artifacts and we'll have a gallery and our first show will be the Burns Collection, mm. which we're super excited about. I bet. I'm sure there's some, quite a number of gems in that mm. collection. There really are. It's super special. And then our last two goals in that plan are partnering with the organizations and, and um and then the last one is working with individuals. Because if we don't have individual artists and historians, then then we don't have art. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So let me just back up a little bit because, you know, you just uh, detailed a lot of things going on um, in the capacity of arts and, and the growth of that, that, that cultural, um, that purposeful um, initiative to get keep arts and and culture front and center of the growth of the city 
And it seems like, you know, it's had definitely had a renaissance because as you, as you pointed out, you left because it was really lacking in this, in this area. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it must be kind of exciting though, to, you know, see what's, what's happened over the last 20 years and be kind of in the front lines of all that stuff. I mean, we're, how do you think Boise compares to other cities in far as this movement of, of, of being focusing on culture and arts and public art and those kinds of things? Boise is, is a leader. We are involved in regional and national initiatives. Um, I was on the Public Art Network Board, which was a national board for six years. And so I got to travel to a lot of different cities. And our public art program is is really phenomenal, particularly for a city of our size. Yeah. And and then if you take into account things like Tree Fort, which in seven right. seven years has grown phenomenally. Mm -hmm. But even looking at our at the number of nonprofits that we have, we have a, a Philharmonic and uh, an opera, um, mm -hmm. Shakespeare festival, so that in terms of culture, our city is incredibly vibrant and, and uh, is enviable um, for other cities our size and other cities in this region. Yeah. I, and I don't think it's, it's a common for a city or side to have a, an arts and history department like they've created here. I mean, do you see that very often? No, it's okay. very unusual. There are other cities that have a department of culture or, um, or the arts is in another department, like in economic development or the parks. So having a separate department for arts and history is, is really about um, our leadership. Mayor Beter has been an incredible supporter of, of both art and history. And then our council members right now, all of our council members are hugely uh, supportive and interested in, in what history has to offer. And part of it, I think, is because they connect to pl the place, this concept of place-based information, place-based art, place-based history. Um, if we didn't have that kind of leadership at the top, um, we wouldn't have the department. Yes. And it's fun as a someone who lives here and works downtown and frequents downtown for, you know, either work or, uh, you know, pleasure. And the see how that, oh, wow, look at this cool thing that they've done to this space that they didn't have to do, which looks kind of expensive. <laughs> so it's really cool that they kind of made time, space, money, and opportunity for those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. I think that's really cool that uh, not only has that been intentional, but it's actually very noticeable. Thank you. Um, for some who you know people to come and visit this area or live here mm -hmm. that's part of it is so my position when i finished that cultural plan my position changed i became the cultural planner um, they created a new position to just really focus on planning and then carl leclerc took over the public art program mm -hmm. he's doing a great job with that so part of it is really about um, we want to be able to use our urban spaces to tell the stories about boise so who are we as a city so when you for instance if you walk into someone's living room you learn a lot about them. Sure. You know, what art they have on the wall, what kind of furniture they pick out, how they arrange things, how you feel in that space. Mm. Our urban space is very similar. When you when you come into our downtown and you have you have a sense of, of what our stories are based on what is in our public space. Um, so that's really where our attention is. How do we create sites of meaning that inform you about uh, the history of the Basques or the um, that nature is important to us through through the art that you see and through the way that we create place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like it. and then as your role now as cultural planner, um, 
it's my understanding that you lead, you know, some workshops and offer some consulting for artists. Tell me how that works and what that's about. Well, I get to work on a lot of different types of projects. Part of it is, is just um, big picture strategic planning, which I love. Um, otherwise, it's specific initiatives. One of um, my favorite and most rewarding initiatives I've been working on is we identified in, in, in 2013, we had our sesquicentennial for the city of Boise, our 150 right. year anniversary. Right. And we really took stock at that time to, to look at what have we done and what have we not done. One of the things that we identified was that there was an indigenous population in Boise that was forcibly removed in the late 1800s. Uh -oh. There were five primary tribes that were nomadic, but Boise was really their homeland. Mm. And they were removed to five different reservations um, throughout uh, Idaho and into Oregon. And we um, connected with a group called the Return of the Boise Valley People. They've been doing an event for the last nine years every June where representatives from those five tribes come back together to Quarry View Park, which is in the East End, and they do a celebration every June. That's a sacred ground for them. They actually have um, ancestors who are buried in that area. Wow. And we connected with them. Uh, last year, the mayor did a proclamation uh, declaring uh, that particular day of their event, the Return of the Boise Valley People event. This year, the city of Boise helped to sponsor that event, and we had a formal welcoming ceremony in the steps of City Hall to welcome the indigenous people back to their homeland with the mayor and city council members and all the leadership of the five tribes. Uh, this uh, 8th of November, or 8th of October, uh, the city is declaring it the Indigenous Peoples Day for the first time ever. Wow. And we'll do a celebration at City Hall Steps at 10.30 a.m. So that initiative, um, we, we also, the Public Works Department uh, paid for a group of Duck Valley students from the Duck Valley Reservation to come to Boise Watershed to learn about water. Um, our historian is going to the Fort Hall Reservation this month to do an oral history training to train their youth about how to interview their elders. Mm. And we hope to acquire some of those oral histories for our archive. Sure. So this um, really connecting to our deep history and um, eventually we'd like to do some public art that really tells the story of those tribes. Yeah. And, and, and but also connecting to the tribes as a contemporary people. They're, they're still here. They're an yeah. important part of our environment, but but a lot of people don't know that history. They don't know that contemporary um, importance of the Boise Valley to the indigenous population. So that's yeah. an example of a, a special project I'm working on that I that is near and dear to me. Yeah, that is really cool, and I think um, I, it's fascinating to hear those types of stories. And then it's really cool to see that um, they're giving in. in a platform to tell their stories and the things that, and then us to learn about it. It's really cool. Um, and then, so we talked some bit about uh, downtown and how some of the things have been a, a lot of focus and to keep that vibrant and, um, and, and, but there's also now this push or this movement to also push that, take that same kind of energy and, and go out into these neighborhoods. So let's talk about that for a minute, because that's kind of a unique idea. And I, so can you give us some examples of things that you're hoping to do or trying right now to, to uh, implement in some of these communities? Well, the most exciting example is the James Castle House. Okay. Um, have you heard of James Castle? Uh, no, fill me in. Okay. Um, James Castle was an artist born in 1899 in the Crouch Garden Valley area. Okay. He moved with his family um, to Boise um, in 1933. 
he was born deaf and never learned to speak. Mm. He began making art at age five and then became a, a voracious art maker his whole life. Mm. He lived on this property that's in the Collister Pierce Park neighborhood until his death in 1977. His art has gone on, he's a self-taught artist, his, his art has gone on to international acclaim. He's in the Smithsonian, wow. um, they had a one-person exhibition in Washington, D.C. at the Smithsonian Archive. He's in the National Gallery of Art, the Whitney Museum, Museum of Modern Art. So his work is recognized nationally and internationally. Well, he's, he's ours. He's an right. artist. He's a Boise artist. <laughs> and a lot of people in Boise don't know about him. Right. So the, the city of Boise, um, under the leadership of Terry Shoresman, our director, bought James Castle's house. And we have transformed it into a museum, a kind of a cultural center for that neighborhood. But also, uh, it's an international center that really is a study center about James Castle and his work. It's also an artist in residence program. So mm -hmm. we just had our first artist in residence who was there for three months, mm -hmm. who did work that was um, really about uh, James Castle. James lived in a shed outside of the um, of the main house. That oh, really? There were five brothers and sisters, and he um, escaped the shed for some privacy. Okay. And a lot of his work is um, about that place. So again, it gets back to this concept of place-specific work. Mm. And so... The, um, so, so at any rate, this, this facility, this cultural facility, is um, something that was really helped to connect the neighborhood. That neighborhood hadn't had a lot of cultural investment in it. So to have a, a cultural facility of international acclaim move into that neighborhood that's also really interested in, you know, how do we serve the, the elderly care facility across the street? How do we connect with the, the little girl who's next door? For instance, we had... Um, did an archaeological dig on the site, and the little girl next door would come and participate and learn about, you know, what does it mean to be an archaeologist? Mm. But um, that center is open um, 11 to 6, Thursday through Saturday. It's free. It's open to the public. And you can go and um, it has a little store. It has an exhibition space. And then we'll have um, artisan residents there this fall and this winter. Great. I think it's... Uh, and so is Tell me more about this artist in residence thing, because I think, you know, people hear about this term, don't really understand mm -hmm. how it works. Uh, how does that, those programs, you know, um, um, at least this one in particular, how does that one work? Sure. An artist in residence program is essentially creating a space for an artist. Um, in this case, we have a space for them to live and to work. Um, it's creating a space for them to come into that space and to create art, to spend time making art specifically. Um, for this particular residency, it's a competitive process that's released nationally. Artists submit slides, images of work, and why they're interested in that space. At the Castle House, we're specifically interested in artists who, who want to explore the Castle site and are interested in making work about place in some capacity. Um, an artist is selected, and they come and work in that space. It's also about giving the public access to an artist to understand and demystify that creation process. So there's open studio hours on Saturdays that, where they can come and meet the artists and see mm. what they're working on. We do a final exhibition that's open to the public. So it's about letting people into that creative process as well, which is exciting and new and interesting. Cool. So, all right, I, uh, I wanted to ask you too, because I know that uh, you also involved in some other initiatives like uh, you're the, one of the co-founders of Sorrell's Place. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit what that is and um, how you got involved with that. Sure. When I was 16 years old, I was on a school field trip from Bishop Kelly to uh, the Belgravia, and I met Cyril Mitchell. She was an artist who um, 
made a big impact on my life. She was a mentor and a friend to me for 30 years. And this is an example that I, of, of people in Boise who have made a big creative difference. And that's, that's one of the things I love about Boise is that you can make a difference in this community. Searle um, was a, um, built a house in Garden City that was a studio and a workspace as well as a place that she lived. She was also involved in helping to rezone an area of Garden City um, to be a live, work, create zone. So really Searle was at the forefront of making Garden City a really creative uh, place to be. Hmm. They've actually renamed that, uh, that area the Searle Mitchell Live, Work, Create District. Oh, wow. So when she, uh, she died of cancer in 2011. And when she died, her, daughty, her daughter, Becky Collada, and myself and friends um, w decided to make her house into an artisan residence program. We, it, there was no other residency at that time in the, in the state of Idaho. Um, but we saw examples in other cities, other communities that we wanted to emulate. And Searles was the place that we always, we would hang out there. We would do workshops and art classes there. We'd have parties there. So we wanted that creative spirit to live on in her house. So we um, created a nonprofit, and I'm, I'm still on the board of that organization. We bring uh, 10 artists a year to Searles Place for a month at a time each. And similar to the Castle House, they live and they work there. They do artists that are low cost. And then we do a final exhibition um, or a reading if they're a literary artist or a dance performance or mm -hmm. a music performance. So it's all volunteer. There's no endowment. It's all run by donations. Mm. It's, um, we're all volunteer um, staff. Uh, we're hoping to uh, move towards having paid staff. Um, sure. But um, it's a labor of love. Um, we... Um, uh, is there a website or something where yep. people can go to find more information on that? Yep, searlesplace.org. Okay, cool. We have some events that are So up. where in Garden City mm -hmm. is that? It's on 33rd Street, okay. near, right near the river. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very cool. We're doing a, a Shrinky Dink art auction October 6th. Um, <laughs> artists, uh, 40 artists. It's like the fifth year we've done it. Okay. It sounds crazy, but it's amazing what artists can do with Shrinky Dink. Okay. There, um, uh, there's a preview on First Friday, which has become a really big event in Garden City. Okay. Um, First Friday, all the creative spaces in Garden City have opened up, mm. and it's um, really fun. And then the, the auction is on October 6th. Excellent. Wow. And, and so that's all, it's all nonprofit mm -hmm. and that's, that seems like a really, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a cool, it's cool that that you were able to make that happen mm -hmm. and that continues to, yeah. you know. we also, in between the artists and residents, we do flash shows of local artists work. Sure. So Rachel Reichart, um, who happens to be a colleague of mine, she's, she's an incredible jeweler and she's doing an exhibition that will be, um, up the end of September. Oh. So I really love that too, because we can feature and focus on the work of local artists. They open, the show opens on a Friday night. It's open Saturday, comes down Sunday. Yeah, that is cool. So, and then it's also my understanding you are involved with the Alexa Rose Foundation. So mm -hmm. what is that and help people understand what that is? Sure. Um, Ken Howell, who owns Park Lane, mm -hmm. is an uh, important real estate person. He's really dedicated to preservation, owns buildings like the Idenhaw, the Idaho Building, Union Block. He uh, was married to a woman named Alexa Rose and she was an artist mm -hmm. and uh, she passed away of cancer as well. And Ken wanted to create a foundation in her honor to give money to individual artists of all different disciplines to pursue their creative practice. Alexa was an incredibly creative, passionate woman, and Ken wanted to honor her memory by funding the creative spirit of Boise. So this um, Alexa Rose Foundation has been in existence for four years. Uh, the foundation provides grants to artists um, of all disciplines between $500 and $5,000 to, to do things like go to a workshop, study with a mentor, travel, uh, frame a body of work, 
produce an album, that sort of thing. Mm. So I'm a trustee on that foundation, and um, I, Ken has been an incredible supporter of the arts. Last year we gave $150,000 in grants, wow. and every year he's dedicated to, to put uh, more money into that foundation. It'll continue to grow and feed the creative spirit of artists. Yeah, wow. And right now he's in negotiations um, to purchase the Carnegie Library mm. um, uh, for 15 years, and then we'll gift it back to the Episcopal Church. And for those 15 years, our, our hope, our dream, is to make it a, a facility where we can house cultural nonprofits and have one-year fellowships for uh, local artists to have studio spaces for writers and uh, visual artists and performing artists. So that's um, hopefully what will be next on the Alexa Rose Foundation docket. Well, my goodness, it's been it's uh, it's it's you're you're involved with a lot, Karen. I am. I love it, <laughs> and and that's one. That's another thing I love about Boise. I can do a multiplicity of things. Yeah, and, and people um, support and encourage and accept me in multiple roles. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm also a visual artist, so mm. I'm. I have a studio and I'm an active artist. I'm involved with uh, Bosco Open Studios. Mm. Um, I'm part of a new gallery that will be opening in November called Capital Contemporary Gallery. Mm. Um, Randy Van Dyke is a, has a frame shop on Broad Street and he'll be um, moving his space and opening a new gallery uh, with 20 uh, local artists. And I'm honored to be part of that. So I, I love that Boise um, embraces the multiplicity of, of who we are as people. And I love um, the creative spirit that's here in Boise. If you want to do something, you can do it. And I think, you know, the, you're being recognized. I mean, it's my understanding that Harvard University recognized the Department in Arts of History um, as a semifinalist in 2015, I think maybe in 2013, you know, as part of their Innovation in American Government Award. Mm -hmm. So, like, they're be noticed mm -hmm. uh, outside of the city that all this cool stuff that we're doing here. Yep, and and that's that's also part of being a great part of a team. That was okay. recognition for our department. Yeah, um, and I, I love being part of a creative team. That yeah. I don't do any of these things by myself, and I'm so grateful to have um, the different uh, like. Ken with the Alexa Rose Foundation. Um, at Searle's Place, we have an incredible board that I work with. Um, at the Department of Arts and History, Terry Shoresman and the staff that we work with are, are just incredibly impassioned. And, and that's, it. that's the other thing I love, is being part of a great collaborative team. Yeah, well, and I, uh, it's, it's working, right? And I think <laughs> it's cool to see. And I, I like this, like you mentioned earlier, that Boise is not so big where you, you get these initiatives get lost or mm -hmm. they're not as noticeable. But since we are as, well, we're still considered small for our cities mm -hmm. go, um, we're also, you know, we're, we're, kick, we're kicking butt, you know, mm -hmm. in some areas, mm -hmm. right? Yes. And for actually also being like way out in Idaho where most people don't think, you know, anything interesting is going on up here um, comparatively to some other more um, recognized culturally, you know, significant well, like New York, right? Obviously, mm -hmm. is off the charts, but I think it's cool to find Boise holding its own in its own way. I think that's Definitely. really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, if you just been tuning in, I've been talking with Karen Bubb. She works for the city of Boise and the as a cultural planner and in the Department of Arts and History. And it's been fascinating to see all the things that you're up to. Um, uh, for some websites you can go to to find out more about things that Karen and her team are working on. You can go to boiseartsandhistory.org. You can go to sorelsplace.org. Um, that's spelled S-U-R-E-L-S place.org. 
and uh, alexarosefoundation.org. You got the third one. Okay, awesome. So, wow, Karen, thanks for taking time to come to talk to us today. Um, it's been fascinating. It's fascinating to see even your journey through all of this. As some, a hometown girl who left um, looking for s- some sort of path, you know, in the arts and, and, and connection to the arts. And it's really cool how you, you come back home and found it, uh, continue to find it here and, and help it grow here. I think that's super awesome. I'm so happy to be here. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. All right. Well, thanks, Karen. Um, and for those who are just uh, didn't get catch the whole uh, interview, you can actually go to idahospeakeasy.com. We will be posting the interview there and, of course, the links that we mentioned. All right. That's it for, for now. Uh, I'm Mike Turner with Idaho Speakeasy. We'll see you back next time. Take care.